News dump. I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. It's a landslide! It's the final dump, presented by Game On Wisconsin. It is finally Green Bay Packers game week. Sure, it is preseason game week, so take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but it feels so good to have football back, and the final dump is back this week as well. Brendan Dworzynski and Matt Fralick joining you, and Matt, it feels so good to have football back, to be able to actually prepare for a game this weekend. It's been a great week. Had family night this past weekend. Found out this week Aaron Rodgers is going to be back with Pat McAfee this year, so we get plenty of content from that every week. And of course, it's actually a game week too. Jordan Love, plenty to get to. Just feels good to finally have game week back after what has been kind of a painful offseason given how last year ended. 100%. Like, it's a Friday and you're like, you're previewing a game. I don't care if it's a preseason game. I don't care if it's, you know, family night or whatever it is. Like, it just puts a little extra pep in your step. And like you said, the Pat McAfee thing coming out was fantastic. Like, you kind of, if you watch the Pat McAfee show enough, you kind of probably thought it was going to happen. But you never know with Rodgers, right? Like, it could have gone up in the air. But it's, I'm excited to just finally get back into this. We're in the middle of August here. We got a game coming up. But there's been some great news this week. No real, you know, knock on wood, no real issues with uh, player injuries or anything like that. But overall, like it's been it's been a solid week and we're just seeing young guys till it still emerge. So I'm excited to get into this here. Yeah, we'll get to the game itself coming up here a little bit later. What Jordan Love's role is going to be some recap of uh, some other personnel moves as well. And let's, in fact, Matt, start with one of those personnel moves. Josiah DeGuara. Let's start there. A couple weeks ago. We were talking about him as a piece we're really interested in for this offense, and he obviously missed out on the majority of last season, and I think has gotten this weird kind of rap from some people around the league who cover it, or fans of other teams or whatever, the, oh, the Packers drafted a fullback in the third round. Well, he's a lot more than that, and you could tell early last season, this team had big, big plans for the former Cincinnati Bearcat. He comes back finally healthy, and from everything we've read and seen this week, he was right away, right back in the thick of things for this offense during practice, which to me says immediately he is going to have a big role. And just to continue the thought from a couple weeks back, to get a player like him, along with, we talked about slot receivers, it felt like the last two pieces that this offense was kind of missing didn't have that true H-back player, didn't have that true slot receiver it feels like now you can unlock the final form of this Matt LaFleur offense. And if DeGuara is anywhere near where the expectation level is that this team is set for him, he's going to be a special player. He's going to be a major contributor in year two, which is actually effectively year one for him. I'm not a big Pokemon fan, but if you like anything about like evolving, like Matt LaFleur third year getting DeGuara in this offense, I think is just going to make his offense evolve. Like second year, he had those kind of gadgety guys, but now he's got Amari Rogers. He's got his boy DeGuara back, which I was one of those people that you were mentioning, Brendan, like third rounder, fullback, what the hell, Cincinnati guy, like there's other tight ends available. And when it comes back to all around, like as long as you take Matt LaFleur's you know, opinion or talent evaluation seriously, you know that he loves Josiah DeGuara and him hitting the ground running was great. They held him on a family night, brought him off the pup list last week. I believe we had t- discussed right before on um, the episode and like, just seeing the great week he had and everyone's talking about it. I mean, he looks, he looks really healthy. I think they kind of brought him back gingerly. He only had that, you know, he tore that ACL on week five. So he's a little bit probably ahead of the eight ball, which is great, but like 
I think he's going to be super, super solid in this offense. I'm excited to see what he can do. And it just gives them another wrinkle, another piece. And that tight end spot, as we've talked about and everyone's talked about, it's very up in the air with suspension and injuries here and there. But DeGuara kind of emerging this last week has been awesome. And I'm super excited to see the versatility and the options it gives within the Matt LaFleur offense. So that's just another piece for Matt LaFleur's offense to evolve. Well, and you talk about options too. And when you look across this offense, you don't need, with the way it operates, the way it's run, you don't need seven or eight guys who can all do everything, but you do need a handful of guys who have one specific role that they're really good at. You've got the all-around guys. You've got Devontae Adams, who's the best wide receiver in the NFL. You've got Aaron Jones, who can run, who can catch, one of the best running backs in the NFL. Those are your do-it-all guys. MVS, does he have great hands? No. But does his game speed completely change the game? Yes, that is huge. Alan Lazard, he does the dirty stuff. He's a good outside second option. That's his role. You look into the backfield, DeGuara doesn't need to be the best H-back there's ever been. He doesn't need to be the best tight end there's ever been. By the way, the Packers have one of those two who's really darn good, Robert Tunyon. But can DeGuara be your wheel route guy? Can he block when needed? Can he get out in space? Can he be the guy that Jay Sternberger was at the end of last year? Those rollout throws in the flat that are pretty much 10 free yards or more every time they run it. With a little more speed, a little more power, can he be 15 free yards every time you run that play? Everybody's got that role. Cobb and Rogers, obviously, their slot duties as well factor into this. All he needs to be is good at that one job. And when you've got a quarterback who knows where each of those guys is going to be, who knows what each of those jobs is, you're able to make this whole thing click. That's kind of why I feel like, to go with the word you used, it has evolved to its final form. Charmeleon has become Charizard here. You've got all of the pieces together. You've got the pivot who can make it work. It just feels like everything, everything clicked last year because you had one of the best offenses in the league, the highest scoring offense in the league. But now you can take that to an even higher level, which I think speaks to the talent evaluation for this team, like you mentioned, and also the coaching of Matt LaFleur to be able to put these guys in the right spots to make it all work. And if you want to get really niche, too, it's like Captain Planet with the tight end group. They're all nice. combining their rings. And it's like you got Mercedes Lewis, you got DeGuara, you got Jay Sternberger, you got Tunyon. Like they all do something different, but they're all really, really exceptional at those fine, minute two or three things that they do really, really well. So I love the references we got going on here already. Some of the other personnel moves to get to. This one really stood out to me on special teams specifically. It's linebacker Randy Ramsey, who you might say, okay, I saw his number out there, saw his name out there, whatever. If you're not paying attention to the special teams, he was one of those key special teamers for the Packers last year. And that might elicit a reaction like, okay, well, what does that matter? The Packers special teams were not good last year. So why are we all that worried about a guy who was there? Every team needs key special teamers, the guys you rely on to block, to get down the field, to make tackles, whatever it is. Ramsey is one of those guys, and I think seeing on Thursday that he is done for the year, put on the training camp IR, which does still take you off for the whole season, unlike the during the regular season injured reserve when you can come back after three weeks, that does make me wonder who is actually going to step up for the special teams unit. We might not know that right now. We might know that by the end of training camp. Maybe that's the kind of things we find out during these preseason games. But I will say it doesn't feel great moving forward for a special teams unit that needs to be better to miss out on a guy who you did factor in was going to be a major contributor for the third phase. Yeah, it's not great. I think on Tuesday, Matt LaFleur was asking his press conference, like any updates on Randy Ramsey? And he was like, 
looking back on it, you're like, okay, yeah, they probably were going to put him on the IR, the preseason IR, like you mentioned, and he didn't really want to say it because it wasn't definitive yet, but it didn't look great. And yeah, the special teams unit has been very, very critical under many Packers fans' eyes, you know, experts or even the most amateur fan. And really, the issues are going to take over because we're going to still have a new regime coming up the special teams group. There's, you know, you know Randy Ramsey not going to make a lot of plays on defense. Like he was in there spotty on the edge once in a while, but like you said, Brendan, like really, really solid when it came to coverage and he's an athletic dude. And that's the type of guy you look at. I look at guys now, maybe like a Jonathan Garvin that opens up an t- opportunity for him. He's had a really, really good camp thus far. At least when I went and saw him last week, that might even open it up even more for him to be able to play special teams. You look at other guys that they have on the roster right now that I just don't know where they're going to get that production of like an athletic freak like Oren Burke. Sure. We kind of know what you're getting out of him at this point. There's a couple other guys that have been on the roster for a while that could, could they can still contribute on special teams. Yes. But really like Randy Ramsey was kind of finding his lane there and it's, it sucks that he's gone. And I did say in the beginning of the episode, they haven't had any injuries. That is an injury. Most guys have been coming back healthy, but overall the guys they have on the roster right now, not the biggest impact, but if you really get down to it, like he, he was an impact player when it came to that third facet of the game. And that brings me to something else, too. I saw a tweet this week from Tom Silverstein covers the Packers, just covered the Packers for, for forever for the Green Bay Press Gazette. And I don't say any of this to be critical because he has done such a tremendous job the entirety of my life, but he is not always the most effusive in praise. He is very measured. He is going to tell you what he feels. He's not going to sugarcoat things. And he made a comment on Twitter back really early this week, back on Sunday or Monday, And I'll give you the quote here. He says, if Mo Drayton is half the coach, he sounds like talking special teams. The Packers have found their guy. Everything he says makes sense, which hasn't been the case here for a long time. He still has to prove himself. It's not an easy job in a place where special teams hasn't been a priority. So Mo Drayton takes over from the staff last year. He was an assistant last year. He takes over as the special teams coordinator, replacing Sean Menenga this Mm -hmm. year. Can't not remember if it's Menenga or I was confused him with Oklahoma's pitcher, Sean Manaya. The names are very similar. Nonetheless, Drayton takes over. And I think there was kind of this, why would we hire a guy who was an assistant for this awful special teams unit to take over? Well, you see a guy like Silverstein, who, again, is not always going to be all sunshine and rainbows about anything Packers related, say, hey, this guy is, is making sense. There's reason to feel positive about this group still a long way away, but there's reason to be excited about this. I guess when you talk about Ramsey or who else is going to step up or where are you going to see improvement on this unit, a lot of that kind of stems from what do you think from of, of Mo Drayton and what he's going to be able to do. And the pessimistic side is, again, well, he was an assistant for a terrible unit last year, so my expectations are low. The optimistic side is, Well, if he at least sounds like he knows what he's doing, and that is a foreign concept in Green Bay, that is nothing else, a reason to at least think it'll be slightly better this year. Yeah, and I I kind of raise an eyebrow to people that maybe were like, ah, you know, he was a part of a a unit that wasn't that great. Um, I think Sean Meninga was definitely under a high, I mean, he was under the microscope for a few years, and it's just, he wasn't the guy, he didn't have it. But really, like, I never played football at any sort of high level. I never played in high school, college. I played a little intramurals. But, like, friends of mine and people that I know that have played the game, like, special teams is all about effort. I mean, it's like rebounding in basketball. It's like running out an infield hit in baseball. Like, it's all about effort. And, like, to get the most of your guys, you have to be enthusiastic. You have to be relatable. He's a young dude in his mid-40s. I think 
there's some players that have been on the team that probably know him very well. And they just, they believe in what he's preaching to them. He's played the game. He's been around the game. He's been all over the country coaching it and playing it. And I think that's what you look for out of a guy from Mo Drayton. And I think that's why you're getting such praise from Tom Silverstein, who normally, like you said, doesn't really give that out. But if he's, if he can really make all 11 guys super enthusiastic of what they're doing, either it's covering a kick, returning a kick, blocking a punt, you know, punt coverage, whatever the case may be. Like, I think that's when you're going to get the most out of your 11 guys. Um, it's easy to talk scheme. It's easy to talk X's and O's or coverage or, you know, wedge breakup, which they don't have that anymore. But like, I think Mo Drayton might be the dude for the job. But to be honest, he's got a, I don't want to say he's got an easy task ahead of him because there are some still question marks there. And a lot of that is relied on the punting spot. But overall, like, it's not too hard to improve from where they've been. So I think he's going to have a pretty, pretty fair shake. And it's going to be awesome to see it in the preseason because that's when you get, that's when you want to see the effort. Like that's, that's the guys who are the fourth, fifth string guys that are like, shit, the only way I'm making this team is if I hustle my butt off in this preseason game on the fifth punt of the game, that really doesn't matter. And that's how you're going to make a name and get into coach Drayton's good graces. Not to get in too much of the coach speak and the cliches and the generic comments, but I really do think a renewed energy for a lot of this roster and a lot of this franchise is really important. We know that Lafleur and Hackett bring that for the offense. That's not where you have any concerns. And again, number one offense in the league last year, you're not worried about that. But defensively with Petten, that was obviously a concern. With Menenga on the special teams, that was obviously a concern. Well, if you are able to up that, and we've already heard it about the defense when Jair Alexander spoke this past week, he was saying, oh yeah, he's got that all the time when he was talking about tackling the air and whatnot, Joe Barry, the new defensive coordinator. I mean, that's okay, some renewed energy. That's maybe not the only thing you need, but that's not going to hurt. Special teams, it's the same thing. If you've got a guy who is competent, who knows what he's doing, who says the right things, who brings that kind of elevated intensity, that kind of attitude, that's only going to help. And I mean, you can put it together in a very basic sequence of things. You have more energy. You just have more of a clue of what you're doing on special teams, on kick coverage, for example. Well, you're not giving up a 35-yard return. You're giving up a 20-yard return. Other team is starting at the 27 instead of the 37. Well, that's instantly less pressure on your defense. They might be in a better position to make plays with a longer field to defend. It all connects here, and I feel like that's a very basic concept but it is something that has been severely lacking. So if Drayton can bring anything like that, like you said, Matt, the bar is on the floor. Mm -hmm. So as long as you can take that up a few notches, you're already improving something as a team, as a collective that's near the top of the league. And when you get into NFC championship games, if you get into, dare I say it, things like the Super Bowl or other tough playoff games, you need to be able to win in those marginal ways. And Green Bay failed at that under Menenga and in connection on the defense under Petten, you hope that some renewed energy with these coordinators, specifically on special teams, can help revise what's been a major issue for years now. Yeah, and it's I, it, it, there's so many things that when you break down a football game, like it just comes down to like field position and turnovers. And there's been times where it's just been so many years, like you mentioned, where it's just it should have been a, a two yard punt return, and it turns out twenty seven yard, or uh, it's they had a guy boxed up on a kick return and all of a sudden he squeaks out and gets up to the 40 or just real boneheaded plays that should never happen if as long as you stick to the basics of what special teams are tonight I hope Mo is the guy for it and it's gonna be awesome to see him in this uh this preseason here speaking of the preseason coming up on Saturday it is preseason game number one it's at Lambeau Field Packers taking on the absolutely dreadful Houston Texans and we'll get to Houston and David Culley and oh my god what is their roster here in just a few minutes but 
First things first, we know Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play. He hasn't really played in the preseason in a long time. And I'm of the new school belief, I don't know about you, that veterans and star quarterbacks don't need to play in the preseason. What are you going to gain by going out there for four snaps, handing the ball off three times and punting? I mean, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers needs that. He's 37, doesn't need to take any unnecessary hits. That's fine. But on the bright side, that means we get some more exposure to the Jordan Love experience. Year two of the Jordan Love experience. He's going to get plenty of snaps. And hell, to be frank, if you wanted to go out there and get an easy test in your first preseason game of the year, this Houston defense is the one you want to go up against. What are you looking for out of Jordan Love, both this week and just throughout this preseason? Because I think it's easy to say, well, I want him to look like a franchise quarterback. I also think that's probably out of the realm of realism here, just given his development, the fact that he's still the backup and what his role is this year or is needed for the Packers this season. But what are you looking for out of him? Is it a few good drives? Is it a certain kind of throw? What are we trying to see? What are we hoping to see out of number 10 during the preseason and this coming Saturday? Yeah, I've really reflected on the last week when I was at training camp, and I was pretty critical about him recording this podcast with you and talking about just with other friends on Twitter about it. And, you know, I've kind of sat back and thought about it. Like a lot of the mistakes he was making were more mental mistakes, like the physical physical mistakes really weren't there or it was he was he was rushed and therefore a physical mistake was made. What I'm looking for in this preseason is to really just establish himself as a leader, command the huddle be able to make a couple audibles or checks at the line, get guys switched around or motion or or whatever the case may be. I mean, I'm fairly confident and I know, and it seems like the majority of people would agree that he's made strides with his, his mechanics, the way he throws the ball, his delivery, et cetera, et cetera. And those will continue to improve because he has great people around him to do that with Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, et cetera. But really like, I just want to see him, minimize the mental lapses it's gonna happen right he should have some butterflies going in on saturday that that should that should happen naturally but really like after the first drive or two i want to see him settle in and i want to see him be able to put together an eight nine play drive you know establishing some high percentage throws to some of his tight ends that we already mentioned or get his running backs involved or take a deep shot here and there and i think you want to just see growth throughout those these these games like you really just want to be able to see him you don't want to see him dominate the Texans. And then all of a sudden next week when he's got the Jets in practice, he looks like crap and he gets the game. He looks even worse. And like, you don't want to see that. You want to see a steady progression. I think, like I said, I think it was a little hypercritical of him last week, but it was just because there were some things that I saw that, that seemed rushed and seem out of sync, but he's still getting the speed of the game down. He missed basically all of last year to have any opportunity for a preseason game. So that sucks. But I, like I said, I'm looking for the mental lapses to be minimized and any physical thing that should be a small, minute detail, whether it's, you know, he made the wrong read possibly, or his receiver ran maybe the wrong route or had an extra step in there. But overall, just have a couple solid drives, put it together, have good chemistry with the boys, make sure the offense is clicking with LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett. I think it should be a good preseason for him. I'm right there with you about the consistent progression that we see in game situations, because If he goes out there and plays well one week, but as you alluded to, then has a dud the next, well, you're not going to feel all that great because, okay, well, yeah, you went up against a bunch of Texans dudes who wouldn't be in the league if they were on anyone else's roster. It's inconsistent. The same problem as from before. I think you want to see, at the very least, just consistency from game to game. Even if it's the same high points and similar low points week to week, at least you can see, all right, well, he's not regressing. He's not having these wild swings up and down. So that's, I think, week to week what you're hoping to see. And 
as for this Saturday specifically, I think it's okay with young quarterbacks, whether they're first round picks, no matter who they are, what team drafts them. I think it is okay to analyze them to a degree with kid gloves and say, okay, there's there's a progression that comes with this. Like you said, you should have some sort of nerves going into this game. He is facing the biggest few weeks of his career to this point, of his football life to this point. You would expect to have some nerves. You would expect to have some mistakes, take some chances that maybe don't go well. That is okay to work with. It is okay to work through. This is an opportunity for Jordan Love to learn what he is or is not able to do on the field. That is a valuable set of time for a young quarterback. And the benefit for the Packers and for Jordan Love is they're not in a situation where he has to start week one against New Orleans. This isn't like the Jets dealing with Zach Wilson right now, who I think is going to be fine. I've got no reason to think he won't be a decent NFL quarterback, but he has had a rough training camp. And whether he's good or bad, he is playing week one for the Jets. That is what they are going to do. Urban Meyer in Jacksonville refuses to commit to Trevor Lawrence, even though anyone with a brain knows Trevor Lawrence is going to play the entire season for Jacksonville. If he struggles in camp, well, you just live with it because that's your only option. Love, you can handle a little bit differently. All of that to be said, there is a level of increased aptitude I would like to see compared to when we last saw him actually on the field. The footwork. We've seen it in camp. Saw it a little bit at family night this past week. It was Justice Mosqueda on Twitter who posted a video, all the televised throws that Jordan Love made. And some of them looked better than others. The footwork did seem improved. Saw some clips from practice this week as well, where it looked a little bit tighter, which is good. I think there's still some mechanical stuff that needs to be worked out. As you mentioned, Matt, can you have a higher floor than what we saw last time? If we see the exact same mistakes that we saw from clips when he was in college or from practice clips from last year. That's going to concern me going into this weekend. If there's at the very least an elevated floor where the footwork is more simple or more refined, I should say, if he's not making really bad mistakes like he's made in the past, that's going to make me feel better this week. After that, I think is when we can determine, all right, let's see some progression. Let's see this get better. Let's see this get better. I'm willing to be fairly forgiving for mistakes this week, but I would like to see some obvious proof that things have gotten better over the course of his first year with the program. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I think that's, I think he's gonna have a great opportunity against the Texans. Honestly, like they, we were looking at their roster beforehand. It's, it's brutal, man. Like there, there's some talent mixed in here and there on the offensive side of the ball, you know, Brandon cooks, Laramie Tunsil, guys of that nature the defense is a hodgepodge of dudes that like you and I talked about it looks like the practice squad at one point of the Cleveland Browns or the Kansas City Chiefs and it's just a it's a plethora of guys out there that I think he's gonna have a great great shake to go up against that defense speaking of that defense and this game coming up on Saturday in general let's get to some previews some player previews of this contest Houston's going to be awful this year okay I don't think anybody is going to be surprised if they are the worst team in the NFL. They've got a new head coach who I'm not exactly sure if he was a great fit. David Culley, formerly an assistant for the Baltimore Ravens. Their quarterback situation is a nightmare because we don't know what Deshaun Watson is going to be doing. If he's even going to be allowed to play, he apparently seems to think he will be. We'll see about that. Their talent situation is okay, but they don't really have many number one guys in any position. They just have some, some decent talent. They trade for Anthony Miller from the Bears. They've still got Brandon Cooks, Kiki Cuties, an okay slot receiver, but no one that really stands out as an elite talent. The defense is in shambles. I mean, it's not a good unit at all. 
who are you looking for from this Packers team to maybe make a really solid first impression against this team? And final score, record in the preseason games, obviously does not matter. Not Always all. think of the undefeated preseason schedule for the 2007 Detroit Lions, who then lost every game in the regular season. You know, it, <laughs> it truly does not matter. But who are you looking for players specifically, whether it's a fringe guy or maybe a guy who's going to have a role this year, who you're looking to to make a good first impression, big first splash here in the opening preseason game? I'm going to stick with the hot hand from the last couple of weeks. And the reason I'm going to do that is because I already mentioned a couple linemen for the um, for the Texans. You got Laramie Tunzel. Max Sharping, who's a Green Bay Southwest alum, so that'll be awesome for him to be able to play in Lambeau. Justin Britt, Marcus Cannon, and Titus Howard. Like, those are solid guys. I don't know if they'll all get playing time. Former Packer, also Justin McCray's on that line, too. But I'm looking for TJ Slayton. I imagine he's going to have a lot of opportunities this weekend to really show what he's got. He had a crazy two weeks of camp. He got a touchdown, or, you know, the pick six. He batted Rodgers on a, uh, a red zone attempt down. And it's like, this dude is just he's been a maniac and like, I'm really, really loving these rookies. And I, I imagine he's going to have a, they're going to give him all the opportunity in the world. Right. We don't really know what's going on with Kinsley Kiki. I believe Kenny Clark's been out for a couple practices. Dean Lauer's been in the mix, uh, Tyler Lancaster, but like give TJ Slayton an opportunity to, to prove that it's like, he's not just a, a preseason or excuse me, a practice hero. Like let's see if he can actually do in a real game. And I think he's going to have a good test to go up against some halfway decent offensive linemen. Um, so that'd be the guy that I'm looking for right off the bat. Other than that, like I would, I, I think there are some decent defensive backs in this group for that. Like, you know, Vernon Hargraves is solid. Lonnie Johnson Jr., as we all remember, I think that was uh, last year, two years ago, two years ago when they had the open practice. Him and uh, Jay Sternberger got into a little scuffle, like within about 15 minutes. But he's a solid player. He's emerged. Justin Reed's good. Unfortunately, Bradley Roby went there. He's on the COVID list. Desmond King, this, he's a phenomenal player. So, I'm wondering if some of these young receivers will have an opportunity, uh, that being Amari Rogers, Jawan Winfrey, guys that like, you know, obviously Amari Rogers is making the team. That's a that's a foregone conclusion. But some of these receivers that's like, are you going to be a preseason or excuse me, are you going to be a, a special teams guy? You're going to be be able to contribute in the receiving core like you're going to be in that mix. Um, I'm looking for those receivers to kind of go up against that secondary who, again, I don't think is great, but I think they have some talent here that individual matchups could be nice to watch. I'm glad you brought up the wide receivers because that's where my mind went immediately as well. And yeah, I'm interested to see Amari Rogers because Amari Rogers is awesome. We were talking about this before we turned on the mics today that, oh my God, he's going to be so fun and he's going to be fun for a long time. And I can't wait for that. So anytime he's on the field, I am excited to see him playing. And no matter if that's limited time in this game or, or he gets an expanded role in the first half, that's something to keep an eye on because he's always going to be that guy. But we talked about this on last week's show that the bottom of this wide receiver group is going to be a dogfight to the very end to find the final guy or two who's going to make this team. And you bring up Juwan Winfrey. He has had such a great camp. I think he's a great option there. I think EQ is going to have to have a really good couple of preseason games. Honestly, we mentioned that on last week's show as well, that there's no guarantee in my mind he is going to be on this roster come week one, come the final cut down to 53. I think it's going to be interesting to see what he can do with his back against the wall a little bit. Reggie Begleton, another guy, can he step up and play well in a game situation and make a great claim for the final wide receiver spot? I think that's going to be a really fascinating one to watch. And 
yeah, going up against some guys that may be a little bit more talented, some of the only talented guys on that defense for Houston, I think is going to be a good test. You'll see the connection between them and Love, which is significant probably for future interest for the Packers. I think that's a position that is going to be intriguing and important to watch throughout the three preseason games. And I think there's a good chance for one of those guys to really make an impression and really make a big stand here in the first game. Also, not to totally jump into football meme territory here, but preseason, when you've got kicking and punting competitions, also an extremely important time. You mentioned the punting problems a little bit earlier, Matt. J.K. Scott's got to have a good preseason. They bring in competition for him every year, it seems. He is amazing for eight weeks, and then it gets cold, and his body and his extreme yoga habits just can't hold up, and suddenly he becomes a bottom five punter. And I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's his physical abilities. I don't know, but... After some of the problems he had last year, and I know know, punters aren't people, punters are people too, whatever, he's got to be better. And with Ryan Winslow there, I don't know if Ryan Winslow is a roster guy. I don't know if he's good enough to even be in that conversation, but I'm hoping a little extra competition lights a fire under J.K. Scott at least a little bit. I mean, he's got to come out and perform, like really. Otherwise, Packers Twitter is going to go crazy if he can't get some boomers out there and just be consistent. As, As soon as he potentially shanks one and it goes 25 30 yards people are gonna go crazy and like they're gonna be hammering for ryan Winslow to be that guy and like you said i don't i don't know what it is i don't know if it's when it gets cold out he's got an issue i don't know if it's because he's just the lack of focus or what or the lack of competition that they when they brought in some guys that haven't been too consistent or you know just they've been more of just it's been a formality like ah we're gonna bring in a guy just to kick with jk and see what happens but from what i've seen ryan Winslow's not the worst punter in the world and he put up a good fight last week at training camp when I was there with him and got most of the snaps which I thought was strange but I think that would be awesome to see Winzo and like people are probably if you have to pick like it's not really 50 50 I'm assuming a lot of people would be like hey if Winzo can kick the shit out of the ball let's have him on the team right like we're, we're done with the JK Scott experience it seemed like it'd be awesome and it seemed like it was going to work out but it just really hasn't and he hasn't been he hasn't put a full year together so why not yeah you're, you're gonna it's it this is the best thing, though. We have 60 minutes of football, and every single second's going to count. That's the best part. It's not like, you know, ah, the starters are out. We don't have to care. Like, if you care about the Green Bay Packers, you're going to watch every single minute of this game to see what that talent is, what those final rosters will look like from the receiving core to the punter to the special team guys covering punts and kicks. No matter what element of special teams you look at, everything needs to be improved from last year, except Mason Crosby. That is the only thing that really doesn't need improvement after he went 100% on field goals last year for the first time in his career. I'm very excited to rock my brand new Mason Crosby jersey at some point this season. But everything else, punting, long snapping, coverage, return game, all of it could use help. So if that takes an undrafted punter jumping J.K. Scott or at least giving him some pressure, fine. That makes this a very valuable and very important couple of games here in the preseason. Do you have a prediction for us? Has it even crossed your mind how many scores there might be in this game? It hasn't. And like, there's people out there I know that bet on preseason games. And I like to, you know, I like to get help. Uh, that, that's uh, yeah. my advice. Get some <laughs> help. You went way stronger than I was. I was going to say, you know, I like to dabble a few times here and there, maybe some, you know, playoff games, some really good matchups on a, you know, a Monday or Sunday night football game. But yeah, I, I honestly have no prediction when it comes to preseason. It's because it's such a bizarre thing to bet on. Like you're lo- you're basically betting on second and third 
stringers to see who's the best one. And it really comes down to who's got the best quarterbacks. Like it's, I have no idea. I honestly couldn't throw one out there. If I had really, we'll say 30 to 13, I'm just going to throw the Packers win. I, I, is that an accurate assessment? I have no idea. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'll go Packers 21 Texans 16 an ill-fated two-point conversion it makes it a five-point game that's about all I can do for you yes please don't bet on the preseason I have been known to to check a spread or a total once in a while but preseason that is a bridge too far so enjoy the game coming up on Saturday we are the final dump Matt Freilich follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore F-R-A underscore you can follow me Brendan Dwarzynski on Twitter at Brendan D-Z-W Matt Finally, we get a game week. Enjoy the game coming up on Saturday, my friend. It's going to be, no matter who's out there playing, going to be fun to see the green and gold out there on the field again. Hell yeah. I'm actually going to be at the game, too. Um, I'm a big brother for big brothers, big sisters in Green Bay, and it's like we have like two sections going there, so it's going to be me and my little brother Cameron. And like to be in Lambeau, finally full capacity, like I was at the second-to-last game technically there when they played the Rams, but to be back now in the full capacity is going to be pretty sweet. So I'm, I'm excited to watch the game and – be able to report back on it next week and then on the Packaday podcast. It'll come out on uh, Sunday. Well, hell yeah. Congrats to you because that is awesome for the first thing. Hope you have fun on Saturday. Hope Cameron has fun on Saturday and hope you as well have fun watching Packers Texans preseason action coming up on Saturday night. We'll talk all about that and preseason game number two coming up next Friday here on the final dump for Matt Freilich. I'm Brendan Dwarzynski. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy Packers football coming up Saturday night. Well, Wayne, I think this is one that Vince Lombardi and George Hallis would be proud of. You could have given me a touchdown. That is hard to overturn. You know what I mean? I understand that. That was a good effort, though, wasn't it? It was a pretty good effort.